Thank you, Caroline. Can we hear it for Caroline Shandell? I, I am so thankful for her ministry and her pastoral leadership in this church. And I'm so thankful that little boys and little girls in our community get to hear and receive from her. That we might yet live in a world where women are invited to be empowered into the fullness of their anointing. Amen? So come on, more of that, Lord. I asked Caroline to preach today. She told me no. So you're stuck with me. She got Mother's Day. I told her I was going to do that, and I really just wanted to see how she would respond. I, I am feeling really tender-hearted this morning, so this is going to be a mess. And I'm, I'm like, just not even sorry about it. But it's, this is... This is Father's Day. It's Father's Day. Come on, Jesus. We, we need a move of your tenderness in this church and in the world. And we need a move of tenderheartedness through the hearts of men all across this world. And we need a move of tenderheartedness in our families. We need a move of tenderheartedness in our churches. We need a move of tenderheartedness in our politics. We need a move of tenderheartedness in the business sector. We need the tenderheartedness of Father God to be deeply rooted and planted at the very core of who we are, who humanity is that we would recover who we are to become what we've always been, the tender-hearted people made in the image of a tender-hearted God. Jesus, release tender-heartedness. This is, this is, I'm just already off. Thank you, Lord. So this is what I want to do. We're going to talk about fathers, and um, we're going to talk about Father's Day. And I I know there's all kinds of different experiences of fathers and fatherhood in the room. Sometimes we make this joke, which is no joke at all, really, that if we wanted to get somewhere close to your core wound, we, we would just say, hey, tell me about your dad. And we would get pretty close. And so I just know there's, there's all kinds of different experiences and triggers and things and stuff and wounds that are in the room. And I'm just not going to be able to speak to all of that and name all of that. And I know like probably most of us in this room aren't yet even fathers. And so my hope today really is to maybe give us a vision for what through the grace of God we could mature into. So like, would that be okay? And it, it, during worship, I thought we, we have a title for this message. I, I just landed on it kind of right now. And it would be Father's Day, maturing toward tender-hearted fathers. 
because it's a process of maturity. I think so often we feel like the spiritual life is something we have or we don't have, that it's a destination we've arrived to or we haven't, that we've checked the box or not, we've accomplished it or not, that we have this stuff for it or we don't. And the reality is it's a life that we mature towards. That whatever it is happening in our life is, is more immature now than it, than it can be tomorrow if we would invite the grace of God to move us along a maturing sort of path or to have a vision of what maturity looks like. Does this make sense? And I think, I, th- I think the, the telos, right, it's like the Greek word for goal. I, I think the goal is maybe to mature into tender-hearted fathers, right? That's the path. That's, that's what we're moving towards is, is, to become, is to become fathers or caregivers. And I'm going to use that word caregiver a lot this morning because even if you're not a father, there's someone in your care. There's someone in your care. You have friends, you have family, you have coworkers. There, there's people in your care. And, and so maybe the tension for me today is I, I do want to speak directly to fathers and those who are aspiring to, to be fathers. And I, I want to include all of us. We're, we're all caregivers. There's, there's people within our care. And I think what God has put on my heart today applies for all of us. So can we get into it? I've got this one text. We're going to be in Colossians 3. Verse 12, a very sort of untraditional Father's Day text. Therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, clothe yourselves with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Bear with each other and forgive one another if, you, if any of you has a grievance against someone. Forgive as the Lord forgave you. And over all these virtues, put on love, which binds them all together in perfect unity. Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, since as members of one body, you were called to peace and be thankful. Clothe yourselves with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. And over all these virtues, put on love, which binds them all together in perfect unity or wholeness. Clothe yourselves. I think this text gives us a picture, and you can leave the text up for a while. I think this text gives us a picture of what a mature or maturing Christian fatherhood or caregiving looks like at its, at its very heart or at the root of who we are. And I think we need to get to the root of some stuff. Is that okay? I, I know there's like probably parenting techniques. There's, there's surface things we could talk about, but, but I think I want to kind of dig down. The picture I have is like God as gardener tenderly getting in the dirt at the sort of root of who we are, to plant us into a different kind of soil. 
And that's really what Paul's talking about here is in a few verses before, he says, clothe yourselves in the new humanity. In other words, God has made available to you a whole new way of being human in the world. Put those clothes on, take the other stuff off, leave behind the stuff that doesn't look like this, doesn't smell like this, isn't distinct like this, doesn't show like this, doesn't look like this, doesn't set you apart holy, doesn't set you apart like this. Put on the clothes of the new humanity. And then he gets to this point in his letter and he says it looks like, the clothes look like compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, patience. The clothes look like love. That's what mature Christian life looks like, and I would submit then for any one of us, what does it look like to be a mature Christian father or caregiver? It looks like putting on these clothes and leaving everything else behind. And so whatever messages we're following and whoever whatever influencer we're following, especially around this idea of what's it look like to be a father and what's it look like to be a man and what do all those things mean? I would submit to you that anything that doesn't fit into this is a distorted image of the image of God. That it falls well short of what God is asking us to be in the world. That in most cases, it's a counter narrative to the kind of masculinity or fatherhood or caregiving that God has called his people to put on display or to wear in the world. And I wonder how many of us do this. Do we, do we measure the messages we're processing through the lens of the clothes God has asked us to put on or are we trying to mix and match? Are we trying to get a little bit of that influencer on with compassion? Are we trying to get a little bit of that person's message or this view of fatherhood with kindness or gentleness? Because this is what God has called us to, and anything other is distorted, it's immature, it's disfigured, and frankly, it's probably harmful and violent. In fact, I think until we put on these clothes, most of how we think about being a father and a caregiver in the world, it's just shaped by whatever cultural ideology we're gonna find ourselves most drawn to. And the reality is our cultural ideologies need to submit to the biblical vision for our life. Is that okay? Like that doesn't feel controversial to say. I think we believe that when we hear it, but, but I wonder if we process our lives that way. But I think if we want to exercise the demons of harm and violence from our family systems, our church systems, our politics, the business sphere, then, then we've got to put on these clothes and let everything else behind. This is what the world, I think, needs right now. This is what our families need right now. This is what our children need right now. It's tenderheartedness. Compassion, gentleness, kindness. And I think we can mature into fathers who are clothed as such. And that's, that's the vision I hope to put forth this morning. The invitation for us is, can we be fathers and caregivers who are clothed 
as such? Can we be clothed in these clothes? And so I'm not going to be able to highlight everything in here, but I want to talk about love. I want to talk about compassion, humility, gentleness, and forgiveness. We're probably not going to get to all those. You know me. I'm not going to get to all of that. But we've got some things. And so I want to talk about clothed in love. I want to start with clothed in love. Because here in this text, it's, it's the one that says holds everything together, right? It's, it's like it's... When you're putting on your outfit, it's the thing that holds it all on. It's the thing that makes it work. It's, 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 it's the power of who you are. Right? All these other things are expressions of love. You could think about it that way too. Like love is the battery source and then compassion and kindness and humility are the things that bring a unique quality to, to whatever is being powered. but clothed in love, and, and, and he's saying, above all things, put this on. And so I think we can mature into fathers who love above and beyond all things. That the beginning and end of our fathering and our caregiving is love. That the measure of who we are and what we do and how we interact with the world around us is love. And the way that I want to talk about love, because there's a lot of different ways that we could talk about love, and I'm not talking about sentimentalism. I'm not talking about nostalgia, which is so trendy right now. I'm not talking about sort of that necessarily like that warm feeling for the way, th like love, like the hard work of Christian love, like the Greek word here is agape, like self-sacrificial love, like getting your hands and feet in the mud and dirt of someone else's life at your own expense kind of love. Preferring others above yourself kind of love. Being attentive and attuned to the people around you kind of love. That's, that's not coddling and cuddling. If you've ever tried to live that way, you know it's hard. It's not easy. It's easier to lose your patience. It's easier to speak from anger, isn't it? Those, those things feel so much easier than love. Or am I the only one? I, must, I think I'm the only one. Y'all can tell me. I need some help. Love is hard. And I'm just done with this message that when preachers talk about love, like we're just trying to be easy and coddle. I think we're calling everyone to the hardest, most challenging, difficult way that there is to live. And it's only possible by the grace of God, which good news the grace of God provides the power we need to live dressed like this. And so fathering and caregiving, the vision for us is, is will we put love above and beyond all things? Will the beginning and the end of our lives be love? Thomas Merton says this, he's one of my favorite authors and he has a bunch of different things on love so I'm gonna to mix together a few quotes but he says this one, he says, love is our destiny. So if you're ever wondering, like I know there's a unique sort of expression of who you are and what you're here to do but if you wanna know what like the big headline of your life is, you're here to learn how to love. You're here to learn how to love God and love the world around you 
in the mix of like all the, all the sort of mess and hard stuff and difficulties, right? Like that, that's the Christian invitation. That, that's the destiny, right? So we're, we're, we're in good theological territory here saying that fathering and caregiving starts and ends with love. Merton goes on to say that our job is to love without stopping to inquire whether or not the person is worthy of love. Our love is what renders them and us worthy. So I wonder, can we mature into fathers and caregivers who stop considering whether or not someone, our kids, our spouses, our partners, our, our co-workers, the folks within our care, can we stop wondering if they deserve love? Yeah, I know. That's good. Thank you. I'm just going to preach right over here. I just, just go where I'm being encouraged. We spend so much time debating if this person or that people or these people are worthy of love, and yet God has just called us to love. And it's that love that's transformative. It's that love that bestows upon them the dignity and value and worth of their life. God has decided they're worthy of love. The question is, have you? And so I wonder, even in our families, like, do, are, do we put love first without sort of getting that hiccup of like, do they deserve it? But this is where I really want to get. Merton goes on to say this, that love is the willingness to allow a person to be completely who they are. Otherwise, we love only the parts of ourselves that we see in them. So this is, this is, this is really where I want to land this love part because I, I think this is so important to the kind of church that we are. I think it's so important to the kind of families that we want to have. I think it's so important to the kind of fathers that we want to mature into, the kind of caregivers that we want to mature into. And, and it's this is, do people have the freedom of authenticity around us? Do our sons and our daughters, do the folks within our care have the freedom and the safety to be who they are in our presence? Can they bring their full selves to you, to me, without judgment, without us withholding love, without experiencing rejection, without experiencing us trying to coerce them into conforming into whatever sort of sense of value and purpose we want to bestow upon them? Can we create an environment where they can discover that and express it? that it's cultivated and championed and celebrated. I do so much story work with people and I know there's so many wounds around this. So, so many folks that if we start to sort of map out our stories and we start to identify where are the places in our life that we've experienced these core wounds that stick with us. Like we're in our 70s and we're still thinking about that time when we were six and that father or that caregiver said, you 
can't, or you saw judgment on their face, or you went to express that thing and it wasn't welcomed, and you knew immediately that your full self was no longer welcomed in that space, in that room, in that relationship, and it forever alters the way you live your life. We have these moments. All of us have these moments. In fact, some of us have been spending 10, 15, 20, 30, 40, 50 years running from those moments. But the invitation for us is to mature into people, fathers, caregivers, that people can be authentic around us. In other words, it's safe for them to be seen as they are. My mom was so good at this, actually, and my dad. My dad and mom were so good at this. This is, this is one of those, those core memories for me that my brothers and I, and actually our friends love to come to our house because no matter who you were or what mess you came with or how you presented yourself or the value system you lived with, you were welcome to be you in our home. And it was met with curiosity, not judgment. And that doesn't mean my parents thought everything was cool or agreed with everyone's point of view in the house. It just meant they were met with curiosity and welcome as people made in the image of God worthy of love to create a space where they could fully put on display who they are. Tell me more about that. When did that start? How did that happen? Those kinds of things, those kinds of questions. The other thing love does is this, because I, and I think about this with my parents too. So in my, in my teen years, I would have, my parents would just wake up for work and my dad would get up real early. He's a blue collar guy, worked at a factory for 35 years. He'd get up at 3.30 a.m. Sometimes my friends and I as teenagers, we'd still be awake when he was getting ready for work and you're like, I don't feel like much of a man right now. By the way, big shout out to fathers who worked 30, 40 years in places that wasn't their dream job to provide everything that their families needed so that they could live their dreams in fullest lives. You guys are awesome. Special place in my heart, living on Folgers coffee and, you know, all this stuff. Anyway, but I would have friends over all the time and my parents would just wake up and there'd be all these people in our living room sleeping on the floor and their face would light up when they saw someone. Like, I'm so glad you're here. It's, it's the body language they'd be met with. And so when we talk about love, part of what I'm wondering if what we can mature into is the kinds of fathers and caregivers that when people in our care enter a room, does our face light up? Do they see excitement and welcome? Do, does our body language and our presence communicate, I'm so glad you're here. Oh my gosh, you're here. There's nowhere else in the world I'd rather be. You are here. My world is stopping. You're here. I must be the luckiest person in the world for you to be in my space. And how many of us need that from our fathers? But the good news is the wounds of our past don't have to shape the healing of our present and the healing of our present can shape the future for those who are within our care.
Can we be people who practice just lighting up? Like, isn't that what you imagine Jesus to be? That he lights up in the presence of people. That he's so glad they're there. You know, it's like in The Chosen, right? Right, Herb? It's like, this dude, his face, is just, he's just always excited to see who's ever in his presence. And you're like, that's the Jesus I like. I get that. So does our face light up? And I wonder if we can mature when we talk about this love. Can we mature into fathers and caregivers who embrace when the people in our care feel different, alien, estranged? Can we embrace people when they make mistakes and messes? Like embrace them, like arm around them. It's okay. It's the Daniel Tiger song. It's okay to make mistakes. And then you help them clean up their mess and repair their mistake. Can we mature into that? I think that's the vision, right? Are we okay? Let's talk about compassion a little bit. I think you get the point with love. Compassion, in its most basic definition, is what? To suffer with. And I think the vision that God is putting before us is we can mature into fathers and caregivers who are internally moved to suffer with the folks who are within our care. It should go without saying, but I'm, I'm going to say it anyway, that, that when we put on the cloth of compassion, what this means is we suffer with, we're not the cause of suffering. And we don't allow others to suffer alone. We suffer with. And so much of the fatherhood message in the church and in, in sort of the larger culture, in my opinion, so much of it's so harmful. It just causes harm. It hurts people. It doesn't suffer with people. It exerts power over and against people because you're an alpha male or something. Which, by the way, all the science on the alpha male thing is that alpha wolves only exist in captivity. Alpha doesn't exist in healthy family systems. It doesn't. That's not my point. I don't even know why I said that, but some of... <laughs> I told you this was going to be a mess. But some of you are following those Twitter accounts. And I want to ask you, is that Twitter account, clothe yourself with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, patience, clothe yourself with love, or is it something else? Clothe yourself with get what you want, be as powerful as you can. Whoever gets caught underneath the sort of rush of your power and energy and whatever nonsense you're doing, like, what is that? It's not this, it's not God. It's not biblical, and there's a whole lot of us Christian men following that junk, and you need to delete it. Like, just repent. Be a, be a biblical Christian or something. Is this okay? I, all right, I don't even know what I'm, where am I? I made notes because I knew this was going to be 
All right. So this is what I want to talk about with compassion and suffering with. We can mature, we really can. We can mature into fathers and caregivers who when the people in our care are having experiences where their thoughts, feelings, and bodies are overwhelmed beyond their maturity to process and regulate and manage their experience. We can sit in that space with them. Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts. We can sit in that space with them in such a way that we assist them in coming back to themselves. In other words, we assist them in regulating or calming or experiencing peace in their mind, emotions, and bodies so that in the appropriate time, learning can emerge, maturity can emerge, they can name their experience, and in the future they will know how to manage those sensations of mind, body, and emotion. Are you with me? So what might this look like? If you've ever had a toddler who's screaming, if you've lost your ability to manage yourself in that moment and have screamed back at them, amen, I've done it. This is a confession. So there's no shame in this. This is a big old confessional. So I've done this. Does it work? Because you are stronger and more powerful, when you exert your strength, by raising your voice and getting louder and more direct, does it work? Not really. But what is helpful on our best days as fathers and caregivers? If when they're screaming, if I can put my arm around them in gentleness and kindness and compassion, if I can sit with them without judgment, maybe just with some whispers, maybe a soft touch, maybe I sing a worship song. I can't sing, so maybe you just say a psalm or a prayer or you invite Holy Spirit and the peace of God to come. Or maybe you say nothing at all. Because if you open your mouth, you're gonna lose your stuff too, so you just, but you manage yourself. What happens? Over time, and by the way, I, I'm, I, when I say over time, I mean it could be like an hour or two, or three, or a whole afternoon. I'm, I, this, it's not always quick. But what happens? Eventually, the person in our care comes back to themselves. And you know what's amazing? Is because we've created safety and security for them to authentically express their experience in our present, they will actually come to you and want to repair whatever was disconnected. Because you will be a safe enough presence to warrant that kind of response. Does this make sense? All right, I am... Let's do this. That's all I'm gonna say about compassion. I wanna talk about humility 
and we'll probably land here, but we can mature into fathers and caregivers who do the maturing work of recognizing, because this will connect, is can we do the maturing work of recognizing and regulating our own stuff? Right, humility, like I've made mistakes, I have wounds, I have work to do. I'm not thinking of myself higher than I ought. I'm having a sober look at the reality of my heart and the experiences of my life and what I've processed and haven't processed and how I've processed it. And I have work to do. I have maturing to do. I can still mature towards tender heartedness. And can we be the kinds of fathers and caregivers who will own our own stuff and say, I have work to do. I mean, dads, so many of us, you're working 40, 50, 60 hours a week to provide all these things. And like you're coming home and you're crashing and you're exhausted. And my question for us and for you is, do you even know what you're experiencing? Do you even know what you're feeling? Do you know where that drive is coming from? Have you dealt with the wounds in your life, with the pains of your life, with the disappointments of your life, with the failures of your life? And all those things are okay. There's no shame in having shame. Like it's, it's okay. But the invitation for us is to mature into people who deal with that stuff, who do the work. And it might be work alongside a counselor or a therapist. It might be work alongside a pastor. It might be work in an AA group. It might be work with friends. It might be work with your own family. But are we committed to doing the humble work of getting into the mess of our own life so that we can mature into people who don't pass along our wound but have healed enough to create secure and safe environments for the people under our care? Is that okay? Humility. Are we clothing ourselves in humility? And then I want to, actually, um, forgiveness. And I want to talk about forgiveness this way because so many of us, can I just talk to dads for a minute? And this applies to all of us, but when I talk about humility and doing our own work and then so many of us, we just have grievances against ourselves. And we've got to learn to forgive ourselves. This doesn't justify all the things maybe that we've done, but it does mature us towards tenderheartedness that we can be the kind of person who can accept I've done what I've done and what's been done to me has been done to me and that's the reality of my life. And I feel a certain way about it and I'm going to, let, I'm going to forgive myself. In other words, I'm going to give up my right to punish myself. Like falling on my sword is going off the table. I'm not gonna suffer in silence. I'm not gonna fall on my sword. I'm not gonna woe is me victim this thing. I am going to own, I'm going to accept my life as it is, as it has happened. And I'm going to enter the humble process of repair, which begins so often with, can I forgive myself? 
And you might have to forgive some other people, but I, that's not the way I want to turn, turn this text today. It's can I forgive myself for the ways I feel like I'm failing at fathering, for the ways that I feel like I'm falling short, for the ways that I've said things to my kids that I swore I would never say, for the ways that I said I'd never be my dad and I'm totally my dad right now, the commercial, golly, it's so true. Become your parents. But can we forgive ourselves? The band can come. What's beautiful here is the gospel for us this morning is that Jesus has been and has done all these things for us. That when we think about clothing ourselves in compassion and humility, Jesus clothed himself in humanity to suffer with humans as humans, to be acquainted with the experience of humans emptying humility, right? Emptying himself of his power and his privilege to live with and among his people. Jesus has clothed himself in this way and has shown us the way. Gentleness, kindness, is that not who Jesus is? The one who we can be fully who we are in his presence, the one whose face lights up when we enter the room, the one who is so glad that we are here. That's the good news of the gospel, that however you've come in this room this morning and wherever you are in your life, that God in Christ Jesus is glad you are here and is not put off by the condition or the state of your life but is moving towards you to bring kindness and forgiveness. Yes, you might need to change your mind about some things and let some things go and take some old clothes off and put some new clothes on. We all do. We're all maturing towards tenderhearted love. And yet the gospel for us is that God has forgiven those things and welcomed you as a son and a daughter into the family of God, fully adopted with all the rights and privileges of what it means to be in the family of God. No more condemnation for you. No more having to live in shame. No more having to be enslaved by the powers of sin and death. But life is the verdict over your life. Life is the gift. And the giver is good, right? This is who God is. And so would you stand with me? Jesus, we thank you for your love, for your tenderheartedness, for the way you've made room for us in your family. And we ask that you would give us a vision for our lives of what it looks like in our skin to be fathers, to be caregivers. And would you meet us today with all the tenderheartedness that we need? Amen.